Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we learn more about the Manitoba Basketball African Association with one of their members, Jean-Paul Gabo, in studio. Fascinating discussion. Also, the Manitoba Bisons football team getting their season underway on Friday. We're going to do our show live there from IG Field on Friday, but we begin our preview of their season with some offensive players today. Finally, we talked to a Winnipeg archer, Austin the Archer, who just won silver at the World Junior Championships. Awesome. That's all on the podcast. All right, I am joined in studio tonight by Jean-Paul Gabo with the Manitoba Basketball African Association. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having us over here. All right, so yes. let's just start with this. Tell us about the Manitoba Basketball African Association. Well, uh, in 2017, uh, Basketball Manitoba African Association, it started, was founded by me and a couple of other four young African leaders. And the main idea behind it was to, to find a way to bring, you know, African community, mainly uh, the youth, together so they can enjoy the game of basketball. So when we started, the main goal was to actually just enjoy the game of basketball, just find a way to, some of us did play at a university level, others didn't. So we just wanted to find a way to have everybody come together and just compete and just play basketball as one. Because uh, at the time, we realized that, you know what, as Africans, yeah, we were good, but we didn't have a platform where we can all play together. So that's how it all started. And from, de- from there, we realized that, you know, we have to take this to the next level. We can't just be playing against one another for bragging rights. So we decided, you know what, enough with the trash talking. We have to find a way to, uh, to elevate this and bring other people on board and not just do it just for the love of it. You, gotta, you have to find a way to help some other people who didn't have the opportunity to, uh, to be where we are as uh, basketball players here in Manitoba. You know, we have brothers and sisters who are left back home. So once NBA was born, we realized we could do more than just play basketball. We could also raise fans, which we might be getting into a little bit later. But yes, yeah, so that was the main idea behind Basketball Manitoba when we first started. Okay, so tell me more about the other things you've been able to do then since you were formed. Uh, you know what? To me personally, the aspect of networking, meeting other people and not just learn about myself, also learn about the city was the major aspect of Basketball Manitoba to me. Like, for example, uh, recently we had Canada versus Nigerian game. Yeah. Uh, yes, the, we might talk about it a little bit later. So uh, during the game, I realized, I mean, the pro, uh, the pre, uh, was that the pre-game? Was where yeah. we have to introduce the uh, the event and everything. Right. And having to meet the mayor. And uh, I, I was already working with Basketball Manitoba, so I already knew most of the people over there. But having to meet the mayor, to me, was, uh, I never thought I would meet the it's mayor. It's a big deal. It, it is a big deal because, you know, I'm not into, I wouldn't say politics, but I, 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 wasn't, uh, I wasn't aware of what was going on. But right. to meet the mayor and having yeah. a conversation about the city, to me, that was very um, interesting and very personable to me mm-hmm. personally. But uh, as a whole, NBA, uh, I feel as though when we see the youth, and we see people such as myself who are a little bit older compared to the youth and just coming together and play the game of basketball and that mentorship aspect to it. That's what most of the people appreciate about mm-hmm. the NBA. Uh, we, let's not even talk about the fundraisers and all that. Just that in itself, just see people coming together. 
that's why a lot of people appreciate about the game of uh, basketball, especially when it's, pay, when it's played by NBA. So let's talk about the Nigeria game because I was there. We did the show live from the concourse there at Bell MTS Place that night, and there were a lot of people cheering for Nigeria All right, for a game right. played in Canada. <laughs> yes, uh, you know what? I'm very excited to see where basketball is right now in here. Not not in Manitoba specifically, but in Canada as a whole. And just to see people, because, you know, growing up, myself, I loved to watch soccer, because that's all we knew. Basketball wasn't that big of a deal. So come to see that people actually now love basketball, because we didn't really get the opportunity to play, because we didn't have the basketball ball, and soccer was a lot more easier to play, because mm-hmm. you could just pick up a ball yeah, and play anyway. Need, yeah. So being at MTS... And seeing the people coming and cheering for Nigeria and finally get a, a win, uh, that told me that, you know what, basketball is heading in the right direction. <laughs> Not that uh, Canada shouldn't win or anything like that. You know, we want Canada to do well because uh, we support everybody here. But, Nigeria, but there's some African pride there. Yeah, absolutely. I was very excited. I know there's a few other people that were excited about yeah. that. And uh, I have quite a few friends that I rubbed it in. So... That was a good win for me personally. And uh, yeah, pretty excited. I was pretty excited about that. I'm still excited, actually, as I'm speaking about it right now. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, no, yeah. I can tell. So yeah. so you're from Africa originally, right? Correct. Yeah, I'm from Rwanda originally, uh, Rwanda, Kigali. So it's been a long time since I've been back home. I do miss it a little bit, but uh, yeah, that's originally where I'm from. And uh, So you moved here when you were a kid? I wasn't I wasn't a kid, but uh, yeah, I was pretty young. I moved here when uh, I was pretty young. I've been here for almost now what is the uh, eighteen years. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I was pretty young. Uh, I was pretty young. I didn't know better, but you know what? Since we're on the we're on the game of basketball, when I when I arrived over here and see how much people appreciate the game of basketball, then I knew this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I had even then, pick, yeah, I hadn't okay. picked up a basketball until I arrived here to Canada, and. Uh, and I feel like it's only gotten more popular in the last 18 years. Oh, my goodness. In Rwanda, in fact, we just uh, they just opened a basketball court of an arena. Before, it was just people playing on concrete outdoor. So an arena, that's a big thing. So it has gotten bigger and bigger. And who's to say where it's going to be in a few years coming? Because uh, I feel like we're only uh, growing. And uh, speaking of NBA, uh, basketball in Africa and looking at NBA, like when we started maybe four years ago, and to see where we are right now, you definitely can tell the difference. We have players now that are playing overseas. Uh, we have players that were playing for Team Canada that came. Uh, we have, uh, I don't know if you know this guy called Ayub. We have another guy called Daniel Saki who's playing in the U.S. So to see these guys that come and participate now, it tells us that, you know what? The sky is not even the limit right now. So, so when you see, um, we've talked so much about the Raptors and the impact that they've had on this country, but when you see players like Pascal Siakam, when you say oh. Serge Ibaka winning the title, what does that mean for the African community? Oh, wow. Now, not every kid that's sitting here or here in Winnipeg or in Manitoba in Canada, now, now they can dream. Now, before... You could only dream about playing soccer somewhere in Europe because that's what we are saying, you know, with the French winning the World Cup mm-hmm. uh, a few years past. Now people can actually dream about playing basketball in the NBA. You know, this is a very exciting place to be uh, here in Manitoba, especially because we have talent. Mm-hmm. So in Canada, especially because uh, I feel like compared to the U.S., there's there's 
U.S. Uh, is always going to be yes, better than us. Right. So now, at least seeing that there's actually people from Africa that are also playing and winning a championship, you know, I think it's going to motivate more kids and it's going to have a big impact to basketball as a whole. And I feel like in a few years, even though hockey is seen as the... Hockey will always be number one. You think so? I think so. Nah, before people used to say lacrosse, but uh, when I arrived here, I didn't see anyone playing it. So I feel like uh, being at the MTS, I feel as though basketball is coming. Oh, it's it's definitely bigger than it has ever been, for sure. But why can't we? We can enjoy both. (laughs) You know what? You could say that. You know, the only only thing is sometimes when I'm watching hockey, it's a little tougher for me because... I can see the park, people moving, but I can't really see it's fast. <laughs> what, what, what they're moving after. Right. But, uh, but yes, absolutely. People can enjoy both. And uh, honestly, it's very exciting to be seeing basketball being elevated to this level. Because right. who would have thought? Right. When so, I arrived here, you know, a f- few years past, I didn't think people, I didn't think basketball would be where it is right now. So that's very exciting, especially with the Raptors winning mm-hmm. now. Wow. So how many people are a part of your association? As of now, we have, uh, I forgot to give him a shout out. I'm glad you asked me that question. <laughs> so as of now, we have uh, five people. Uh, so myself, you already introduced me. So we have uh, now the president, who is uh, Mandela. And we have our treasurer, with Dennis Maritim. And we have Charity, who organizes the event. And we have uh, Trish, who does the social media. Mm-hmm. And we also have another guy, Coach Paolo, who normally does the bylaws and that, those kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, yes. So. And then, how? What kind of events do you and fundraisers and whatnot do you put on? You know, uh, recently we were just mainly focused on the annual event, which was mainly the focus of them was to raise funds and awareness for some of the issues. Originally, when we started, we were mainly focused on. Uh, helping people back home, which is, that was how we started. We was uh, raising fans so we can, uh, I believe, the first one that we did was to, was for South Sudan, they were going through a, a, a drought. So we, that was the first time that we first did it, so it was for them. And then uh, afterwards, uh, we we went back to Kenya where we built a basketball court. Uh, we're in the process of building a basketball court. We weren't able to raise enough fans, but that's okay. You know, we keep working on it. So as time went by, we realized that we can't just be focusing back home because we feel like we owe something. But then we also got our own issues over here, here in Manitoba, because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I see, I work at the YMCA, so sometimes I see our youth uh, over there, and it seems as though they might need help here and there. So we partner up with this uh organization called Akome, which is African uh, community here in Manitoba. So they had a program called We Belong. So we partnered up with them this year and uh, we're working to raise funds for not only the people that were out of uh, Canada, but the people that were over here in Manitoba as well. So I can't remember the question you asked me, but I feel I feel like it was along the lines of that. <laughs> okay, no, that's perfect. I appreciate you coming down here, Jean-Paul, tonight. Uh, good luck through all your endeavors, and we'll keep in touch as we go forward here. Absolutely. And if you want to look us up, go to Instagram. We have uh, Our website is not up yet, so Instagram is NBA Basketball, and Facebook is uh, Manitoba Basketball African Association. We have a lot more exciting things coming up, and... The sky is not the limit. <laughs> awesome. Manitoba Bison's football team, they begin their season Friday night against the defending Hardy Cup champion Saskatchewan Huskies at IG Field. Huskies ranked fourth in the country as the first 
U Sports ranking came out today. And I talked to a number of players and head coach Brian Doby. You'll hear some of the audio tonight as well as tomorrow night on the show. We'll start with the offense, though, tonight. And fourth-year quarterback, Des Catelier. I'm excited, man. It's been a long offseason. I mean, all, all offseason long, I, myself and the team are always just in the weight room, on the field, just getting ready for this moment. So it's, I'm excited it's finally here, ready to, ready to get at it. What kind of expectations do you have for yourself? Um, personally, like... I don't have any big expectations for like stats wise. I'm not a big into the stats guys. I mean, for me, it's like either come out with a win or a loss. So my end goal is, hey, I hope we, we, we go together to, as a team and we go win a Vanier Cup. Like that's what that's what I want. That's what the team wants. So that, that, that's my goal. What do you feel the strength of this team is? I think our defense. I think our defense is just rock solid, and we're gonna rely on them all year long. I think they're gonna make big plays for us, get us the ball back, and then we just gotta. You know, we got to put the ball in the end zone when we get our chances. Like we got to, we got to make plays for them because they're going to keep us in games, and we got, we got to make our plays when we can. And, and we have the offense to do that too. We got running backs like, like so much talent at the running back position. I got receivers I can get the ball to like all day long. We got five good, five really solid guys that can make plays all around the board. And I think that's just, I think that's just, yeah, big strength of our team is the defense. Because you did lose a number of weapons on offense last year, Shai Ross being one of them and a number of other receivers graduating. Yeah. So I guess you got to have guys step up. Exactly, exactly. I mean, we still got a couple returning guys. We got Macho Bakru, who's, who's big. And we got Tristan Dice, uh, Riley Harrison, who both had solid years last year as well. They're both on the starting lineup. So, like, those are three veteran guys that are going to come back and, and give that experience. And then we got guys stepping into that role. Like AK Gasama this year is a—he's been a two-year redshirt, but but he's coming into a role this year to start. And I like I think he's going to be big things this year. I think he's going to show you guys that that he, he's that guy as well. So I, I'm excited for our receiving core. How have you changed since your first start as a Bison? Oh man, it's been like it's been a lot of change since then. Just a lot of experience. Experience makes all the difference in the world. Like um, for my first start, where you don't really know the speed of the game, you're just trying to get the ball out of your hands. You're trying to not get killed by these big D linemen. Now it's like that, that doesn't even cross my mind. It's like all about the reads. It's all about making the right play. Um, I just I just grown so much as a football player in in the mental side. I think is just understanding football, understanding where I got to get the ball to, and how fast I got to get the ball out to these guys. How would you describe yourself as a passer? I think just like a pocket passer. Like I, I like to stay in the pocket. I like to to make throws from there. I like to make quick decisions, get the ball out of my hand. Like I'm not a. I feel like I can scramble. That's in my game, but uh, I'm not a big scrambler. I'd ra- I'd rather stay in the pocket and try and make plays from there. What's the ceiling of this team? You think? I think Vanier Cup is the ceiling of this team. Like there's there's nothing we can't do as a team. We got all the we got all the talent to do it. We have all the talent to do it, but that's it's not an easy thing, and we all know that. We've we've experienced some very hard seasons in the past, and that like that that that's experience though. I mean, we got a lot of veteran guys who understand what it has to take to take that next step. Like it's not it's not easy. Like nothing's easy, but the ceiling is absolutely a Vanier Cup. We have the guys to do it, and that's what we try. What's what we're trying to do. And you start against the defending Hardy Cup champs, mm-hmm. so it's got to be nice to kind of get that litmus test right away. Yeah, for sure. It's a yeah, see where you're at kind of test, right? I mean, those are the those are the dogs. I mean, they're going to come in. They're trying to defend their title, right? So they're going to come in and give us everything they got, and and yeah, we'll see how we measure up there. And I I think we measure up good. We're going to see how it goes. And in the backfield, newcomer Logan Fisher, who arrives after a very successful four-year run with the Saskatoon Hilltops in the junior ranks. They won the national title, you know, four years in a row. So uh, how do you feel about suiting up for the Manitoba Bisons for the first time? Definitely excited. You know, it's, uh, it's an opportunity I've been looking forward to for probably the past four months. 
And why did you decide to come here? Uh, you know, Coach Doby gave me a ring, and I didn't really have football in my life at the moment. I wasn't really looking to go anywhere else. And then I was presented with the opportunity, and I jumped all over it immediately. So is, this, is it a rare thing, or is it a common thing to, for players to jump from the junior league to university? Um, you know, I've seen it as, throughout my career with the Hilltops. I've seen a lot of guys jump to the university league, and, you know, it's a great opportunity. You can further your education, which is an important step in life, and it's also a, the next step getting to the CFL, so lots of guys are looking to further their career. And what kind of experience do you bring from that junior ranks in terms of the success you had with really the New England Patriots of Canadian junior football? You know, it was, uh, it was a hell of a program. They just expect to win, and they create the culture that winning is everything, and, and you got to practice hard. you got to put in the work in the offseason, and you got to listen to your coaches. you got to be coachable, and you got to be, like I say, willing to do the work. And all those guys that are there, they're definitely there to do the work. And what do you think about Winnipeg living here compared to Saskatoon? You know, I see a lot of uh, similarities between the Hilltops program and the Bisons here. We're, um, you know, just talking to lots of the vets. We're trying to create a culture about winning and, and being together and not being individuals. And I'm definitely seeing that here, which is nice. And do you know how much you're going to carry the ball this year? Uh, you know, we kind of have a little talk about it, but going into week one, you're not really too sure who the main guy's going to be. So we're trying to get lots of the guys on the field. we got lots of depth at running back, which is super nice because, you know, busting out those big runs, guys get tired throughout the game. You get beat down a little bit. So it's nice to have some guys to be able to step in. Finally, your first game as a Bison is against... Saskatchewan Huskies from Saskatoon. How does that feel? Oh, I'm beyond excited for that. You know, uh, lots of guys keep asking me, how come the Huskies never ever talk to you? And, you know, that's a surprise to me, and I guess I'm going to give them a reason to uh, regret not talking to me. Right now, I want to tell you about Winnipeg's Austin Taylor. Just went to Madrid, won a silver medal at the World Archery Youth Championships. Now, the 19-year-old lost in the final of the junior compound men's championship and joins me now on the sports show. Austin, first congratulations on the silver medal. Before we get into that, I'm just curious, how did you get into archery in the first place? Well, about six years ago, uh, my brother had a a little bow that he actually never let me use. So I decided to get one uh, for myself and just kind of took off from there. Were you good right away? No. Not, not at all. <laughs> and then at what point did you think, okay, this is something I want to actually do seriously? In uh, 2015, uh, Winnipeg actually held the Nationals for archery. And I did that. And I, uh, for, for my skill level at the time, I did pretty good. Uh, so I decided that I'd uh, try and train and uh, get better from there. So this year you go to the World Youth Championship. Is that something you ever thought you would be doing? Like when I started, no. Uh, but one of my coaches told me a, a while ago that I'd be, that I would go. I, I don't know if I believed him at the point, but uh, this is my second junior Nash or uh, junior worlds, or no third. And you get to go to Madrid. Uh, just before we get into the specifics of what happened in Madrid, what was it like to be able to go to Spain to even just be in Spain? Must be pretty cool. Yeah, Spain's definitely a beautiful country, and uh, especially just go there for an archery tournament was was great. Did you get to actually look around at all? 
Uh, not a whole lot. We uh, during the tournament we stayed on uh, on campus where it was being held. I didn't get to venture out much, uh, but before the tournament, I went around with my family a, a little bit and looked at some some of the sites. Okay, so I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't know much about how archery as a competition works. So are you just going up one-on-one versus somebody? Is it kind of an overall score wins? Explain how that works. Uh, so we have a qualification round to rank you for the uh, the head-to-head matches. And then uh, for the qualification round, I uh, finished in sixth place heading into the elimination rounds. And then for the uh, elimination rounds, you shoot a 15-arrow match against your opponent, and then whoever has the highest score uh, moves on to the next round. How many different scoring rings are are there on a board? Uh, it goes from uh, the 10-ring to the 6-ring. Okay. And how far away from you from, from the target are you? Uh, 50 meters. Okay. So, obviously, you made the final you got silver so tell me take me through the elimination process how how close were those matches for you the first match i had we actually tied and we had to go to a, a shoot off i was uh able to put my arrows right in the middle of the the target and win that and then the the other matches they uh, they were all fairly close within a, a point or two uh, and then for the finals one, I, uh, my opponent shot amazing, and uh, I was able to uh, to beat him. Yeah, perfect 150, and you, you mentioned it. So it's a 15 round, or 15 arrows, 10 points per shot. So yeah. hypothetically, the closest, you, you, you could do 150, but you know you look at some of the scores, 145 to 143, 146 to 145. There's almost no margin for error here, is there? Yeah, yeah. So is there pressure then when you're shooting? Definitely, uh, especially in the finals. Because it's like you're shooting in front of a live audience, plus they're streaming it on uh, like their, uh, their YouTube and Facebook and all those places. So there's uh, a lot of people tuning in to, to watch you shoot. So you come up just a tiny bit short in the final. Still, though, you got to be pretty proud of a silver medal. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely thrilled about it. So what's next for you, then? Next, uh, I leave for uh, school tomorrow. And I'll be uh, going down to Kentucky to shoot with the, the Lindsey Wilson uh, archery team, and uh, I'll be taking a business course there. So you're going to Kentucky for school. Why did you pick there? Uh, I I know a couple of people going there, and then I'll, it just gives me uh, a good opportunity for archery as well to be able to stick with it for the next uh, four years. Are, are there just more opportunities in the states than there are in Canada? Yeah, there's not a. I don't think there's any archery teams in Canada, uh, and the. There's a good collegiate program down there with uh, multiple different tournaments I'll be able to do. Okay. How much does your equipment impact your ability to be accurate? Is everyone kind of on an even playing field with the equipment? Uh, yeah, right. Like at this point, if you choose pretty much any 
uh, high-end brand that is producing a, a good quality bow. They're going to be uh, very repeatable. And you, you can pretty much choose any one of the, the top top end bows mm-hmm. and you'll be able to shoot good with it. It's just whatever feels most comfortable to you. Do you bring your own arrows or do they supply them? No, I bring my own. Okay. So it's all you bring it all and then just you yeah. just shoot. Okay. All right. Well, congratulations again, Austin, and best of luck as you head off to school. Thank you. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?